This episode of Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets. Right. Zupan's where you can get very close to the makers, the farms. Uh, they have their first farm-to-market cider collaboration going with Reverend Nat's Hard Cider, exclusive cider to Zupan's made with a blend of what else is better than Pacific Northwest apples. Right. This is where the best apples in the world come from. I think so. Pretty sure. I, I would guess so, although I've had pr- pretty good apples everywhere. Uh, also, uh, uh, the 10th farm-to-market beer made in collaboration with Breakside Brewery, a hazy IPA. A little something for everybody, whether yeah. you're into cider or beer. Exactly. They're, it's all there. They both pair well with all things holiday, and of course, there are li- there's limited time to get those and limited amounts available, so get to Zupan soon for those. Meanwhile, we teased this last week. Uh, coming up, if you're part of the news feed, you're going to get this coupon November 15th and 17th. You get a free Zupan's marinara with a $20 purchase. This what? is one of the great benefits of subscribing to the news feed. They're very easy, and the marinara is great, but I'll just clarify that's, f- that's November 15th oh, what did I through say? the 17th. Oh, November. Which f- wouldn't have included the 16th the way you... Oh, yeah. I said no, and yeah, the 16th, 16th and you're, the 17th. you're out of luck. No, yeah. no, it's 15th, 16th, and 17th. Right, but the key is get on that news feed so you can see all the specials that yep. come your way, and they have, you know, they have. Uh, you can see where the the specials are on different items there as well. Uh, so now's the time to res- reserve for your Thanksgiving feast at zoopans.com. They've got, of course, the whole turkey, some incredible sides. We have Chef John there running the show. Oh yeah. This is, this is great food, pies and more. Speaking of pies. You can order Loretta Jean's Pies at Zupan's. It's considered one of the best pie shops in Portland. And they also have uh, Blue Raven Pies. Oh, yeah. Which I have to say was my suggestion. <laughs> I had those somewhere else once, yeah. and I said, you guys need to order these. They're great. Um, so you look for the holiday concierge at uh, Zupan's wearing red aprons in the store to answer any of your holiday questions. I assume that means as they pertain to food. Sure. And, well, dr- I mean, and drink. Right. And decorating. Right. They have all that stuff there. And I guess if you want them to ask them the meaning of life, they can give it a shot. Right. Or how to deal with Uncle Stan. Right. Which is, I, I can give you advice for Uncle Stan. You avoid him. <laughs> you avoid Uncle Stan. Yeah. Well, just start doing smaller Thanksgivings. Yeah. Three locations, McAdam, West Burnside, Lake Oswego, and where, Chris? Zoopens.com. All right, here we go. It's time once again, Portland's Food Scene Podcast with Chris Angeles, Portland Food Adventures. Thank you for introducing me, Court. I so appreciate that. Yeah. And I more appreciate more being able to do this podcast with you coming up on closing six solid years. It's crazy. Six weekly, years. Uh, just about weekly. Yeah. Of doing this podcast. More and or less weekly. I just marvel at the fact that you're not sick of me and haven't thrown me out of here no. yet. So no, you no. may be, but we're still we're still going strong. <laughs> uh, looking forward to year seven, some great things, and uh, so we're in year six. And because we're in year six, we've started to repeat guests yeah. because they have new things going on, and they're people that we liked from yep. the past, so we know they're going to be interesting, fun guests, and they have new things to talk about. Which in this case is Carlo Lamagna. Yeah. I think he's a, th- uh, this is third time, maybe this even would fourth? Be his, well, this would be his third, this would be his second on his own. On his own. And then we did that wonderful 
I don't know if I should reference it. <laughs> that was a good. It was I interesting. It was, it was. It was a good one. You're talking about the uh, the appropriation. Cultural, no, appropriation, cultural appropriation episode. Yeah, so two white guys can't even come up with the term. Right. Cultural appropriation episode, which we had with Carlo mm-hmm. um, and Nick, Nick, Zukin. Nick Zukin. Yeah, another white guy. There was, But there was somebody else in the room, wasn't there? I don't know. I think, I think it was just the four of us. Ooh. Maybe. Ooh. What, if, what about that fifth? In case there was. But anyway... It, it was the it was the elephant in the room. There we go. Yeah, that, that's what it was. Yep. <laughs> so, yep. And we, we acknowledge <laughs> we acknowledge the irony or whatever you want to call it of of three white guys and and Carlo talking about. Well, Carlo's the only one. I know that's this. He was the only one that really and, legitimized it. Right? And I'm going to acknowledge the irony of my mentioning the elephant in the room, and three of the guys were you, me, and Car- and Nick. Yeah. So uh, I'm right. sorry. Which Cord, one? Of, I didn't mean. Which to one do of us that, is the elephant, Chris? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You, I know you've made some self-deprecating <laughs> comments before, so I felt the freedom to do yep, so. Absolutely. So, um, and of course, Nick would not be insulted at that. Nick Zukin. Yep. By the way, have you been to Zappa Pizza? I love Zappa Pizza. Yeah. Okay. It's really good. Great. Yeah. So, the, um, have you had the wings there? I have not oh, had the wings. You got to have the wings. I went to the, a special dinner the other night. Yeah. It was Mexican dinner. But the pizza itself is, so we had this Greek pizza growing yeah. up that was like this nice thick, candy thick, crust. thick, not too thick. Right. But I'd say about a little less than an inch thick, but mm-hmm. it was like candy. Right. And the, the crust of the pizza was a little thicker. It was Greek pizza yeah. in Darien, Connecticut. It's similar to that, sure. and and therefore, because it goes back to my childhood, I loved it. But Nick, you know, Nick doesn't do anything lightly. No. Um, so uh, it's really good. Oh, God, this is Carlo LaMagna. Yeah, episode. we're talking about Carlo, not Nick. So new places. So, yeah. So uh, Carlo, you know, it was a long go to open Magna. We met Carlo when he was at Clyde Common. Uh, cooking there, mm-hmm. and um, what I did with my Portland Food Adventures, we did when we referenced this in the episode. We did. He did his first Filipino dinner in Portland at my dinner, and I think that kind of catapulted him on his way to think, "That's what I really want to do." Yeah. I think he always really wanted to do it, but it was like, okay, now I, people liked it. It was right. well received, and so uh, he opened Magna over in the uh, on Clinton Street, across from the Clinton Street Theater. Mm-hmm. Um, a month or two ago, maybe longer. You know, every time I think of something, I double it now. So maybe it's four months. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but he's doing Filipino food, and you don't need me to describe the restaurant and the food because Carla does a great job during this episode to talk about what his vision is and what he hopes you get out of the restaurant. Um, but more so, I mean, he's just an, he's just a, an easy guy to talk to, oh, yeah. and there's no bullshit, absolutely no bullshit, Coming out of Carlo. Nope. So he says what he thinks and thinks what he says, and uh, that's why I think it's a fun episode, and I hope people enjoy it as much as we did. Right at the Fork is proud to be supported by Zupan's Markets. For over 40 years, unsurpassed quality from the best meats and wines to the freshest baked goods, flowers, and more, with a delicious emphasis on locally sourced items. The best of the Northwest Bounty can be found at your closest Zupans on West Burnside, McAdam, or Lake Grove. And at Zupans.com, eat well, put taste first, love your food. By Ringside Steakhouse. Owned by the Peterson family for generations, Ringside Steakhouse has long been a landmark of the Portland landscape, featuring impeccable service that has set the standard for nearly 75 years. Enjoy the finest aged steaks, their world-famous onion rings, and even Ringside's legendary late-night happy hour. Whether it's a special occasion, a business dinner, or just a great night out, make a reservation at ringsidesteakhouse.com today. 
So are you familiar with Stone Soup? Because I kind of It's Isn't that like uh, they do like non-profit stuff? Yeah, they're teaching they're teaching people how to work at kit in kitchens, which you've been doing for a while, I'm sure. Still doing it. Yeah. Shit. It's, it's uh, <laughs> so Scott Dolich is heading that up. Is that is that his baby? Yeah. Well, he you know he's the he's the head chef there, and he's Scott. helping Scott. So he's that's his gig now. No shit. Yeah. Well, because he but he own, doesn't he own the building that Park Avenue. Park Kitchen. Oh, I don't, Park know, Kitchen I don't know about that. I, th- I think he owns the building that either Bent Brick is in or Park Kitchen. I don't know. Yeah, I, th- I think... We can get it, clarification on that, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it, he's busy during the day. No, this is true. This <laughs> is true. No, I'm just saying, like, financially, I don't think he's... I think he's okay. Yeah. You know, Scott, yeah, he's... I like it. Dude, I love Dolich. He's awesome. He's a great guy. He's I, a great chef, you know, too. I can't speak to that. I'm always curious... About the restaurant restaurateurs, you know how they're doing because um, you know you can everybody's on a different. Got, Are we recording right now? Yeah, we're recording. Oh no shit! Okay, yeah, so we can have Scott call in and let us know how he's doing. <laughs> but um, I'm always curious because uh, you know one of my first experiences here, having come from areas where. People who owned successful restaurants were doing very well. Yeah. Like extremely oh, yeah. well. Oh, yeah. And then when I, I've told this story somewhere along the line on this podcast that when I met, um, when I first went to Tasty and Sons, when it first opened, and I got to know John Gorham, Gorham a little yeah. bit, and, you know, he had lines around the block for that place. Still Toro does, Bra- man. To, well, yeah, but oh, this fuck. is when it was, and Toro Bravo was, was cranking. Yeah. You know, yep, it was yep, an yep. institution already. And we, he loved, he's into cars. And so we started talking a little bit about cars. And um, he said, uh, I, I think he, he either aspired to a eight-year-old BMW or he had one. I don't remember what it was at the time. But I, I remember thinking, man, this guy's got a restaurant everybody's talking about in this food city. And he doesn't have the 2011 at the time. Uh, BMW, and so it dawned on it. Just hit me that we just don't make money, man. <laughs> yeah, well, I think you know now. I think John's got a nice car. Probably well, I, I think I think he's it's done a few years later. With he's a few done more his due diligence, right? No, no, no. That and don't begrudge him. But I also had another situation, and I will let the I will keep the name, um, not mention the name of the chef. But I had tried to set up an endorsement, and for a chef, and it was with the Mercedes dealer. And I came to him and said, I think I, I can get you a gig, um, you know, endorsing Mercedes. He said, I can't do that. Why? Because I'd have a, I'd have a mutiny if, if my people saw me driving a Mercedes, a Mercedes instead, instead of the Toyota pickup that I have, uh, I wouldn't have any employees left. And it, that struck me as interesting. That's very poorly. Not that he couldn't probably afford that car, but. It's kind of funny though. You know, you think about it like, like coming up. As a as as a cook and as a restaurateur, you know, you you look at those those things as a teammate too. You're like, oh shit, chef just got a new car, but can't afford to to pay the oh, fucking yeah. dishwasher X Y and Z. Right. I don't know, man. I I I, I think a lot of people think this is all glory, all guts and glory. You know, it's like, oh, we're doing this to make money. You're not doing this to make money, man. You're doing this because you love to do it. Those that are doing it out for money, money will come. 
if it if you work hard enough, I feel like things will come to you. Does it come to everybody who's doing it for the passion? Oh, absolutely, absolutely not. Yeah. No, I've seen, I've seen, dude, I've seen people suffer. I've seen yeah. people, I've seen people suffer for their for their craft, and I think there's got to be an understanding and a balance between between love and business. You know, um, if you if you're in it to make money, go work at a hotel, go work at a bigger place, and you can make money out. You can make money cooking. That's there's no doubt about that. But you're gonna sacrifice part of who you are as a human, um, and as your as your like your your soul, as as some people say, and and you're gonna go cook it cook at something bigger. You know, you're gonna you're gonna be working at some big company, some big corporate thing that's gonna pay you six figures. I mean, I fucking did it. You know, I went to a steakhouse when I, when I had, when I had, uh, my kiddo Rishi and I was earning close to six figures and that's the highest I've ever been paid, but I fucking was miserable, mm-hmm. hated it. And, and I was and like, even getting it through it for another year was something you couldn't do. I didn't even last a year. Right. But just, just yeah, to say, exactly. Right, yeah. Let me, and by the way, we're at a period in, you know, history where even if you're making ninety thousand dollars and shit. you have a family, there's yeah. not a lot you're putting away. It ain't shit. Yeah, it so really is. It's something, but and but but and ninety thousand dollars in Portland, Oregon, in 2019 is nowhere near what it was in 2010. Oh, absolutely. I, I wholeheartedly agree. I mean, I don't. I, I wasn't here in Portland at the time, but even ninety thousand dollars just five years ago when I first moved is different. Would go a lot further. But even then, like ninety thousand here goes a lot further than ninety thousand in Chicago or New York. Well, that's why we have the that that is why we have this great food scene because guys like Gabriel Rucker, so many Scott Dolich, so many moved to Portland because they couldn't afford San Francisco or yeah, wherever lot, they were. A lot of people couldn't afford living. I, you know, I. I mean, I could afford living in Chicago with me and between, you know, my wife and I, but, um, it's, it's also uh, so many things are attractive about Portland, right? Uh, the landscape for sure. The, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the community, the, the, the food scene attracts people that are not in the know, you know, um, affordability at the time when I first moved was there, but now it's like, you know, after living here, there are certain realizations you're like, well, you know, fucking, uh, you, you realize as for me personally, as a person of color, you realize how fucking white Portland is. I'm like, oh, you know, or or like or or how how outside of Portland you start driving outside of Portland, you're like, ooh, oh, it's very different. I don't want to get you, lost. You go 50 <laughs> miles outside of Portland. I don't want to get stuck in the woods out here. I don't, you know, yeah. you know. It's like well, I'm living out there, but it's okay where I am. There's a little pot. No, where you are, it's beautiful. I know yeah. exactly where you are, and it's it's a gorgeous little town, you know. And and there are pockets, right? But Within those pockets, even within the city of Portland, it gets you're yeah, like, I see well, Confederate shit. flags flying. Yeah. And so much fun, isn't it? There. Yeah, makes me feel safe. <laughs> so, um, and you know, the other thing that I, I always mention, and it's just driving around Portland in this in the hills or in Irvington, and there's all these all these beautiful houses that at one point I aspired. I thought I'd like to have one of those houses, yeah, someday, but. Who, I want to know who, what jobs the people have who own all those houses. And I've been told from people, a lot of it's old money. It was passed on. Sure. But there are a lot of houses and there are a lot of mortgages out there. And a lot of BMWs I see out there. Oh, man. I mean. So there's money in Portland and it needs to make its way into your hands. Well, you know what, man? Uh, I I looked out like... um, in, in in all honesty, I, I think I lucked out with a location. I think last time I was here, I was in the process, right? 
I think I think I was a long way away from the process. I was like, well, you came in for the uh, cultural appropriation episode. Oh, that was hilarious. Yeah, still is. Great. <laughs> well, um, well, I just thought it was really fun that Court and I are running a court, court cultural appropriation uh, episode <laughs> with Nick, was, Zook, with Nuke, Nick Zukin sitting over there, too. Oh, that was, oh that yeah, was that, that's hilarious. Yeah, so at any rate, thanks for coming in. This would be your third time. This, so, will, this will be my third time, yeah. So, no, the fir- I think the first time you were on, and I, I didn't go back and listen to that, I should... I don't think you had this in your sights. You were still a Clyde Common. Yeah, guy. yeah, you re-aired it. Was it was what it was? Right. Remember? Yeah, yeah. I was still a Cl- I was still a Clyde Common. I was still trucking along. I was still pushing the Filipino stuff over there. Um, and then I got dumped. So it was like, all right, I'm out. I'll try to do. You my, never start talking about getting dumped until later. Yeah, you like, know I what? didn't hear that when you left. You know what? It's it's out of respect for Nate. Like it it and it was a business decision. And I completely understand. It's not like I hate the guy or anything like that. It's I understood it. I I knew I knew why he did it, and you know it, it's it's funny. Um, why did he do it? I, I think for financial. Re- I, yeah, no, it's I, I think for for business reasons. You know, financially, I think I think um, you know we were we were you know with the downfall of of the taco shop, honky tonk taco. <laughs> yeah, fucking you know some ideas just don't fucking work. You know. Right, but you were still at Clyde. Were you yeah, I went Clyde over to Clyde, Clyde, but then I went back there, and and you know he he kind of put in heavier leadership over there, which is fine. It was all my old sous chefs, and those guys were running the ship, and you know obviously didn't need me, so I was oh, like, okay. all right, you know. It's, so that's how that went down. He and it's fine, you know. Like I said, I don't I don't begrudge anybody for it. It's it it is what it is. It was a business decision on his part. It it took me by surprise initially, um, but then you know. I remember, I remember that morning too. I remember, I remember getting a text message from him and he was like, look, man, you know, you come into my office at like 10 and I turned to my wife. I was like, oh, look at this. One of two things are going to happen. Either I'm going to get fired or he's going to want to open another restaurant. <laughs> sure as shit. When I <laughs> walked in. Diametrically opposed. On, you know, and, and it was funny because, you know, when I walked in the office, he's like, Carla, you need to open your Filipino restaurant. Yeah. And but he did that. He was doing the right thing. I think I'm not one to say. Oh but no, that's you what know. you always want to do. From the moment I met you, absolutely. So let's uh, backtrack just a little bit. Let's go backtrack back. Backtrack a little bit. You know, you were. I was invited to uh, some, you know, cocktail yeah. event at uh, Clyde Common, and I didn't know who you were. I'd never heard of you. Oh yeah, it was. A, it was the we little green pickle. <laughs> little green pickle it. put it together. They did. They did a, a menu preview. Right, and so I walk in, and I've been to a lot of those, and. Do I get that excited to go to any one of them? Eh, you know, you know, probably not. You know, I, I mean, yeah, it's I mean, nice. I really, I appreciate being part of the food community, and I, appre- <laughs> I appreciate being loved. And I, hey, who doesn't appreciate free food? Fuck yeah! So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, man, free good food when you know it's going to be good. By the way, that Mediocre is awesome. Best. We, try, <laughs> we, we, that's a, that's a good one to shoot for. But anyway, so I walked in and I didn't know who you were, and then you came and introduced myself. And man, let me tell you, you have. Um, just this energy about you that immediately just struck me fast soon. It's like, I need to, I want to get to know this guy better, which is what I do. And I appreciate that. And my part of this whole food world is not only getting to know the cool people better. I'd rather not get to know the ones that aren't so cool, but, but to share that love with other people so that people get to know you. And so this is coming full circle to how we met you. I said, well, let's do an event sometime. And, and we did. You said, but you said, 
do you mind if I make it Filipino? Yeah, you, you were, you were, you know what? I don't know if you remember our initial, our initial exchanges. Initially, you were a little bit like, just a little hesitant. You were just like, Filipino food? And it wasn't anything out of malice. I didn't know anything about like, it. Well, that's the thing, right? <laughs> and, and that's the thing. It was, you didn't know anything about it. And I, you know, and I'm glad that you trusted me. I never said me. no. I, no, I, you didn't say no. That's why we did it. <laughs> um, but I, I am, I am glad that you trusted me to do that because, you know, even, even when I left Chicago, the whole goal was to open a Filipino restaurant. And, and I think Nate knew that and, and everybody knew that everybody who knew me knew that, but I just didn't have the, the, the resources to, to, or, or nor the wherewithal to kind of wrap behind, you know, wrap my brain around trying to open a restaurant and, um, and, and to also it's good to, to spend some time getting another lay of the land here. Yeah. And getting to build relationships right. and knowing the right you people. You got a lot of relationships, man. I would bet I put you on a, the top of a list of who, what chefs do Portland, does the food, food community love the most? You're in the top, you're in the top five. I don't know, man. That. I'm I like. <laughs> I'm sure a couple of people don't like you. Yeah, I think there's plenty of people that don't fucking like me, and and ask me if I give a shit. <laughs> you yeah, know? no, that I know. And and you but, know, yeah. Go ahead. Well, anyway, when we talked about it, I mean, my whole thing, if I stay true to my mission at Portland Food Adventures, is to let chefs express what they want to express. So yeah, absolutely. People to eat. What the what chefs want them to eat. That's why we. I don't invite. Tell me what your food allergies are. So because I want them to eat what you want them to eat, not what they either can't eat. Or, will, yeah, or what they want to dictate. You right, know, what they if, want if, to dictate. if you want to eat something, fucking, you know, well, if you want. That's why it's called Portland Food Adventures. Adventures. So, being so adventure. it was actually the perfect thing that you wanted to do something out of the Clyde Common. Yeah, absolutely. Menu and do something different. And man, you. We're in your element, so we had the Ace Cleaners yep, uh, space yep, yeah. filled with yeah. really cool people. Like Nate was there from Pips. Oh yeah, Nate was there from Pips. And, and Eric from Pono Brewing Eric at the time. He was with his before, week company. Before yeah. and and Damien. Yeah, was Damien there as well. Yeah, and there were some other. And I had some good friends there, and some of my regular Portland Food Adventures yeah. people, which are I, I'm honored to have them who you come and experience have them, those things. Um, but you just. Uh, you're on the cover of my website still, probably for like five years now. Because, I lost some weight, you know. Oh, you, you want to retake that. it? Just send me, I'll get someone to Photoshop you with the back. Well, let's take another one. I have two. So any pictures that I have of myself, I want to You and I replace. could be the poster children for, for like, you know, some weight loss <laughs> I program. Know, I don't know about that. <laughs> That's taking it a little far. But, um, but you were really in your element that night because you were talking about your love of your father yeah. and what you learned from him about Filipino cooking. And this was your, as I understand it, your first opportunity to serve what was from your heart. It was in your new city. In in yeah in in I you re, you remind me about that. It was my first true um, Filipino dinner here in Portland. It was the true expression of what I was doing. Um, what you wanted to do? You it, 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 that, yeah, that, exactly what I wanted to do. And you know what? It, it it gave me that opportunity to realize that you know that a lot of people in the city are seeking stuff out like that you know mm -hmm. and and over the course of the of, of the coming years i definitely have put my my touch at, uh, on the menus of clyde common at the time as well as doing the pop-ups you know when the pop-ups started coming up realizing that people really dug it and 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 that there was an underlying filipino community here in portland and they they came out in force you know like when we opened the restaurant it was hilarious you know over you know on the corner of 26 and clinton 
You know, right across from Broder, just right across the, the street can... from directly across the street from the Clinton Theater, right, like the Clinton opposite Theater. corner. Broder's right. there, Lamoule's there. Love all those guys. Right. Um, you know, uh, Dana yeah, from Barnorman. You can't be in a better block. If well, it's gonna that's be what I'm so, saying, man. It's going to be so just a few places to have those be the few. Yeah, and right down the street, Jacqueline's right. You know, right down the street, and then Little T. Yeah, yeah, Little T's right the other way. And and honestly. Like you said, I, I couldn't ask for a better location. And and that corner spot, brightly lit. I mean, we're not fucking perfect. I didn't I don't have the money or the or the partnership to to put into like to make this place like fucking super polished. Look, this is a reflection of, of me and my current state, which is opening up my dream place with all its imperfections and flaws. You know, according to 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 a couple publications so far, you know, service is shaky. Well, fuck, man, we're 34 fucking seats and we're banging. You know, there's a lot of people in there. We're not going to be fucking perfect. I'm not going to be polished. I don't think we ever will be, nor do I want to be. You know, I don't want to have the nice chairs or the money to put behind a, a really nice fucking banquet. Guess what? Half of that restaurant was built by 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 myself and my team. Because the contractors dipped out because those fuckers did a wrong job anyway. Fucking the floors that they put in right now, they're all getting busted up. I'm just like, dude, fucking I should have just gotten a professional person. Uh, I won't ask where you found the contractors. No, no, I'm not going to say their names. They know who they are. If they, I doubt they listen to this shit, but you know what? Fuck them. If you're listening, <laughs> fuck you. We don't want them listening anyway. Yeah. Go out and learn your trade. Yeah, Don't exactly. listen to this. Don't waste So, uh, so. What? How many different ways did you get screwed? Because you got screwed. You know what, man? It took it, a long time. It, it took it took way longer. You know, so like I, I don't, I can't speak on behalf of all. You know, working with all different contracts. I've met some amazing contractors. I've worked with some shitty ones over the years. You know, no matter what. But the problem was they they just they didn't have the fucking focus. I mean, I fucking found cocaine and a bunch of fucking bottles of booze in my restaurant. And I never said a word. I was like, you know what? If it, if if you're going to work and, and this fucking helps you get through your workday, go for it. But when the work started not happening, that's when I said something. I was like, you know what, dude? You're off the fucking job. Straight up. Right before inspection. Fucking didn't get shit done. And his, you know, didn't hear from him. Nothing, nothing, nothing. I said, dude, our inspections today. Heard nothing. And I finally said, you know what? I'm taking all your shit. If you want it, you better fucking come and find me. Because you're fucking off this goddamn job. I almost sold all this stuff. Mm. But, you know, karma's going to come, you know, and I said, you know what, dude, fine. Here's all your shit. Not my responsibility anymore. Um, you know, and I, I didn't sell it. I didn't take it beca because, you know what, man, fine. He's trying to do his living and karma's going to bite him in the ass. I don't I don't need that shit on my plate. But how did you fund the mistakes? Because you obviously didn't, now I'm, I'm you didn't in, go in with a lot of yeah, uh, surplus I, funds. Yeah, I didn't fucking go in with surplus funds. I went in. I went in with the calculations of what I needed. Like this is exactly right, what I want. So now all of a sudden you're short. Yeah, now I'm short. So now I'm like fucking borrowing money left and right from from fucking people that that thank God trust me and love me. Um, and 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 now I'm paying for it. You know, now I'm trying to run a successful business, tight numbers, small place, trying to, trying to get it open. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, I'm not, fuck, I didn't spend money like, like all the other people out there that are opening restaurants. I didn't spend like half a million dollars or close to a million dollars for a place. You know, God honest truth, I think I spent a total of like 200,000, if not a little less. So, you know. To a lot of people, to a lot of restaurant people that are opening restaurants, 
That's fucking chump change. Right. But to, to me, to you, <laughs> to me, a guy with fucking three kids, right. you know, a beautiful family and, and us, you know, and my team that backs me up to support them, you know? Yeah. Fucking, that's a lot of fucking money. Yeah. And some shithead. And it's a lot of risk. It yeah. Doesn't, it's doesn't a take huge a lot risk. for that to be gone. Exactly. And, and some shitheads coming in fucking, you know, oh, I can get this done for cheap. I can get this done for, for X amount of time. You believe them. Because you're like, oh, I've worked with you before. And you I want trust to, you. You want to believe them yeah. because that sounds really good. Yeah, it sounds really great. But realistically, you set your expectations. Like, I know it's going to be delayed by two months. I know it's going to be delayed by this side or the other. But then you, when you realize the scope of work and the focus, like contractors, man, they hop on the job. They have four other jobs. And they're like, you know, oh, I got to go. I'm like, fuck, man. Fucking one day I walked in there. My ass is working. You know, I arrive there. And they show up. They do a couple hours of work. So they say, it's too hot to work. We're going to the river. I'm like, fuck you. And I stayed the there. River? I stayed there. And I was fucking painting shit. I was fucking putting everything in. And you're going to go to the river. <laughs> My contract. Mm. How stupid are you to say that's what you're doing? It's just easy to say, oh, we got another job. Or... Uh, no, you know what, dude? You know, <laughs> kudos to him for being fucking honest. But fuck that guy, you know? <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. And I, like I said. still not a winning proposition. You know what, man? Like I said, I... I I, I'm a nice guy. I'm a nice guy, and I do let. I do you sometimes think you're too nice. I think I'm too nice sometimes, and people start taking advantage of that. And then the thing is, though, like I'm a I'm a really fair guy. If you step over those boundaries, it's game on. Like you want to fuck with me, fuck with me. Game on. Like I can. I just because I'm nice doesn't mean I don't know what to do mm-hmm. in these situations. And you know, like I said, karma's gonna get him back, man. And once that finds him, it's gonna be hilarious. Hey, Chris, let's uh, pause here for a moment to talk about uh, Ringside Steakhouse. It's always a good pause when we're talking about Ringside. And you know, they have, it's very exciting over there because they have new happy hours going on, uh, available only in the bar Monday through Saturday, 9.30 to close. And Sunday, of course, 4 to 5 p.m. and then also 9.30 to close. It's one of the best happy hours in, in town for sure. So if you like their onion soup, and many of us do, that's now on the happy hour menu. It wasn't before. Oh, very nice. So so for those in the know, Ringside, I mean, it's a beautiful restaurant. And in the bar, you can pick from all sorts of great items from anywhere from $1.25 up to $6.75 each. That onion soup is $6.75 uh, at happy hour. Also a prime rib dip sandwich. Their beef meatballs. Uh, for less than that, you can get their steak bites, which we all know are great. Mm-hmm. You've had those, haven't you? I've, I've, I've had those many times, and it's yes. uh, something to always go back to. Yes, absolutely. It's it's great. And you know, the holidays are coming up, and a ringside gift card is probably one of the sure bets that you can get anybody. And now they're offering them, you can buy them online. Oh, nice. Without having to stop by the restaurant. And the website, which is where you will go to book your reservations for when you go there for your holiday meal, by the way, uh, ringsidesteakhouse.com. I think Ringside is one of the classic Portland restaurants. And uh, for anybody that hasn't been there in a while, they need a refresher about how great it is. Yeah, my wife actually, she came down into downtown Portland for a comedy show. And she's like, you know, we want to go get some bites to eat. And I'm like, uh, duh, Ringside. And she went in right. and had just a, an enjoyable hour before she went over to the comedy club. Good thing to do. And, uh, yeah, it's a great time. And then uh, go do what you need to do afterwards. 
got the the valet parking there, which is always so convenient. Yeah, it's nice to have. I mentioned it before. You can get the uh, gift cards at their website, and that's also where you can go to book your reservations, ringsidesteakhouse.com. Do you got a, Do you have a, a, a friends car, a group of karmic friends who can handle that karma for you? <laughs> you know? No. Just... No. I. No. I, you know. You know what it is though. What, what I do want to speak enough about that negative shit. You know, he's out of my life, which is great. But what I do want to want to highlight is the community behind me. That when they found out that all this went down, everybody came to that. The the biggest communities that came behind me were were my team. You know. And my jujitsu community. So I, I do I do Brazilian jujitsu. I've been doing it for years, and and this community is probably outside of my restaurant community. This community is like the best community because when I step into that gym, egos are gone, careers are gone. You know, like like no no status quo. You go in, you get your ass kicked. You know, or you go in, you train, no egos at the door. It's always how it's been. And and a huge shout out to that community. You know, the school that I go to. Um, there are a bunch of guys that, that are in trade. Like I hit up my boy, Corey. He was like, dude, I'll help you out as much as I can, but let me know what work you need done. You know? And he's like, Oh, this guy is an electrician. Jose, he's from a different school altogether. And I never met the guy, mm-hmm. but he's in the jujitsu community. He's like, Oh man, you're a homie of homie. Yeah. Great. Now we're, we're like fucking wow. tight. The guy who's, who finally, you know, who helped me with my website, the t-shirt printing, all these things there, you know, Carlos, he's fucking amazing. I trained with them and all these guys and then some came together to support, to help me like, and, and I was taken aback. I was like, I, I tell people the jujitsu community, the community that I'm in is probably one of the most reliable. They're always there, you know, no matter what. And, and they'll be like, you know, and they'll put you in your place too. Like, Oh, you're getting to be a big chef, huh? All right, let's go fucking roll. All right. <laughs> Get my ass handed to me. I'm like, I needed that. Or if you're having a bad day, you know, you go in there and you just fucking, you do, you, we do what we do. Um, but yeah, we, we made it happen. And that restaurant is standing, surprisingly. And still it's doing standing. well, man, from the get-go. Yeah. Um, you know, I've been in once, but before I came in, I read lots of great things about it. And uh, Yeah, and, and, and it's been amazing. I mean, and I appreciate you coming in. And, and, and I remember, I remember <laughs> I seeing you walk long, in. It always takes me too long to get in. <laughs> I just saw you walk in and I was like, oh, look what the cat dragged in. <laughs> look at this handsome devil. Yeah. Um, no, man, but but it's been going really well. I mean, I I opened up way later than I wanted to um, in the in the in the span of the time that, that I was opening a whole bunch of other places were opening that are, you know, amazing or badass, you know, and, and kudos to them. And, and I'll tell you what, they're getting all the limelight and I'm okay with that. Cause you know what? You're getting some limelight. Hey, you know what, man? Like, like I, I won't even get into that, but, <laughs> but no, you don't need to name names. No, 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 I don't, I don't want to, but no, I, I, I appreciate the community I have here and I, appreciate the neighborhood I'm in because that community is pretty amazing Mm -hmm. because right now about 60% of my clientele are now neighborhood people. Really? Yeah. I've seen so many repeat customers, so many customers coming in and I ask them, Hey, where are you from? Well, we live in the neighborhood and I go, did you really like the experience? Like we are so happy you're here. You're just, you're, you're a nice um, change of pace. And I, and, and I appreciate that. Like I truly do because you know, what's going to happen. This, you know, you can't see my hand because it's radio, but there's going to be a sharp increase, right? When you first open a restaurant in Portland or in any city for that matter, there's going to be a, a sharp increase, right? If you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, you're going to be like, 
hitting that hill hard and, and going gonna up. Flatten out. It's going to flatten out and it's going to dip. Mm. It always dips. And then, and then you hit that next hill, the, the bigger hill, and it's a slow climb. But when you reach that top of the hill, you're fine. You've reached, you've reached fucking, you know, utopia because that, that initial climb is that buzz. Right? It's, it's the eater buzz. Yeah, it's That's it's what, all the it's the entire media buzz. Right, but eater, the cool kid buzz. Anybody like who, if eater's covering it, it's cool, and then every, that's the new shiny thing. Yeah, and I've always felt you'll be part of this group someday. But I, you know, I felt terrible. The park kitchen closed. I yeah. always felt those restaurants that have been around for a long time, they've gone through a lot of shit. They have and, absolutely and, and, and seen lots of different conditions, market conditions, and economies. Absolutely, and they they deserve to somehow be in the limelight. But it's it's impossible to. It's hard. It is not like, impossible, but it's very hard for them to stay relevant when the next new thing is opening. And absolutely, man, like you have so many places that are opening up left and right, and in a very small city, there's only so much space that you can take up. And then sometimes you just have to partner up with people, which I see that a lot. Like I see people either partnering up or, or they're going at it independently and just going, going, you know, and, or, and have money to back it up. Me, man, like, like I said, I, I, I opened up, I finally opened up and, and I find myself already kind of in the dip and making the small, the slow crawl back up. Now, the advantage that I have over a lot of other places is that the neighborhood that I'm in is is amazing. But it really Plus is. Plus, you're not very far from a lot of other neighborhoods too. It's exactly. Not, it's, it's not like not, I'm on. Yeah, you're not. You know, for me, everywhere I go, I have to drive because you're in Southwest. Yeah, the right? only the only restaurant that's close to where I well, then I'm in Manzanita too. But yeah, it's true. if I'm in Southwest, the only thing generally close to me. Is World Foods or McDonald's? Yeah, but That's people it. are slowly understanding that there's going to be a crawl. Oh, out there. Multnomah Village! It's yeah. getting exciting. There's yep. new things happening, and I've been saying it for years, you know. And then, and Andy put the Pock Pock Wing place out where the Humdinger used to be on Barber. Yeah, yep. And yep. when I started seeing that happening, I think, oh, that's cool. People are realizing there's opportunity instead of competing with all these places in downtown. Yeah. And, well, you know, uh, let's be honest though. Think about down the downtown area. It's kind of shitty. Like, there are a lot of great places, but the downtown area is not like any other downtown metropolis. Think about it. Now, you go to... I don't know if I agree with that. There are a lot of great spots there and many choices. I'm not saying that... Even if they're not great. I'm not saying that's the problem. I'm not saying that that, there are... I love the downtown area here, but I don't think the downtown supports downtown. Look at Little Bird. It's a great example. Well, Little Bird's yeah. been there for a minute, right? Right. And and you look at that space. You look at the talent that has come through there. The food's been amazing. Oh, yeah. But look at the spot that they're in. Yeah. Well, but here's what I'll say, and everything's changed a little bit. So you could be referring to people who live downtown who support that, but we've got this influx of tourists that we never had before because True. all these Someone's going to be in these hotels. It's not you and me. Oh, absolutely. And, absolutely. And so they're going to support downtown. And uh, that's a little trickier, too, because, you know, when the tourism tourism isn't necessarily there, it's tougher for restaurants. Exactly. Um, but, um, man. But, but, but you look at the other problems that are that, that, that plague the downtown area. And it's it's kind of a detriment. Oh, like, yeah. Like, you know, the, I don't the, even like parking down there. 
Parking's in terrible. In certain areas, I'm, I feel like I, we, I'm going to get approached five times yeah. for something. And Fucking I stepped on human shit the other day. You know? <laughs> I'm like, Jesus. What? I mean, sure, there are other cities like that, but like for a city not, yeah. with this, with this. It um, shouldn't happen. It shouldn't happen. Right. And so it's actually a deterrent because I've actually, I, I've, I've talked to a lot of tourists, people who are rolling through visiting. It's like, man, this town, oh yeah, we're going to go downtown. It's like, all right, have fun. When they come back and I see them, they're, I'm like, oh, how was downtown? It's like, well, eh. I'm like, what do you mean? Eh. It's like, well, there, there are amazing places to eat. There are some amazing places to visit, but yeah. this well, is First it. of all, you got to pay for parking off the bat, which you don't have to do in the Southeast. Nope. And there's that, too. It's funny. It's an interesting contrast now that you're talking about it, because when I moved here years ago, um, I came to check out Portland and stayed downtown. I learned some things about, you know, whether I was from East Coast or California, whether people were going to accept me. Yeah. But I asked uh, where to go to eat, and I was given, like, three restaurants downtown, and I said, what's on the other side of that Willamette River over there? And... um I was told by the concierge, you don't want to go over there. It's just dangerous and you'll you'll get lost or something like that. So hilarious. I know. That's and, hilarious. And then, then I moved here and with the uh, with the thought that it was dangerous, so it took me about a year to get over <laughs> over there. I didn't know. And there was not real there was not a huge food scene in two thousand five. No, it was just starting no. to build. Yeah. But I thought I think that's hilarious because in those days I was told stay downtown. Oh now yeah, it's now it's get, get get out of Dodge. It's hilarious. When I first moved here from Chicago, Chicago, and I'm like I'm not talking like I'm from Chicago. Oh, we're the suburbs. You know, <laughs> when you say you're fucking from Chicago, you're from the city of Chicago. You know, right. I'm not. I didn't grow up there. Like I lived there. I lived in Chicago. And then when I came out here, it's like people ask me where I lived. I said, Oh, I'm in the Northeast. It's like what neighborhood? It's like the calling name. like oh. That's a dangerous neighborhood. You better watch out. There are a lot of, lot of, you know, blah, blah, blah activities. I'm like, okay. So I'm driving around. I'm like, oh, what's going on? I'm like, what the fuck are people talking about? Chicago. When I first moved from Chicago that year, there were 754, I think, um, like, and counting, like gun deaths or so, gun violence, whatever. <laughs> I saw the statistics here. Three. Three in Portland. Three in Portland. Like, I'm like, oh. When was that? Because there was a rash of them downtown. Oh, sure there was, yeah. Two thousand and five, six years ago. That's all. Two thousand fourteen. Two thousand fourteen. Yeah, only been hey, here I'm since a, then. Yeah, I'm a I'm yeah, a fresh chancellor. You're a man. puppy, man. I am a puppy. You're a Portland puppy. It's okay. <laughs> now we're here to stay, though. We got a restaurant. So. That's good. <laughs> um, and exciting that you uh, are doing what you want to do. Yeah, you're yeah. fun. You're very comfortable. I am, you know. What have, what have you learned? What's what what is what sucks the most about having your own restaurant? Uh, What's the thing that you wish you could hand off to somebody else that you have to do? <laughs> All the fucking administrative work. Yeah, you know, it, it's funny when you when you open the restaurant, you come to realize that the thing that you love the most that got you there, which was cooking, you no longer get to do. <laughs> right. There are, there are exceptions. I mean, there are times I step on the line, I still do it, whatever. But, you know, and get, you know, like for a great example is Gabe Rucker, right? You see, you know, he's on the line, you know, twice a week, whatever. But God honest truth is like, you, you're not in it day in, day out. You have other shit to take care of. 
And and it's not the stuff you studied, not the stuff that made you passionate about oh, what no you way. do at no all. Way. It's it's a it's a hard learning curve. Like I'm learning all all the other stuff, and it's funny because a lot of the rest you know established restaurateurs out there, they come in, they're like, oh man, I remember when I was in your shoes. Make them sound like they're old, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but and and I get it. I was like, yeah, you've been through this, so you know. What am I trying to do to improve? You know, what am I trying to do to improve on the base? You know, but, but you can learn the yeah, administrative yeah. Oh, stuff. Yeah. No, no, no. But you can learn it. But that doesn't make you like it. Oh yeah, and want to yeah. do it, man, and be motivated to do it. So administrative. My job is largely what I do is largely administrative. Yeah, I, I cannot fill it, fill my days with too much of that because I just would, you go fucking nuts. Yeah, I just. Every once in a while, you know, like, like I'm like, all right, I'm going to get ready to, 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 to test out this new dish. I'm going to braise this oxtail. Next thing you know, you're like, oh, we need to check for this. Or there's this email or, oh shit, payroll's due or this, that, or the other. And you're like, fuck, why? Why? All right. So that's that. Now what's on the other side that makes you love getting up every morning? You know what? uh, And saying, I'm going to go, I have to write these checks. I have to do that. But you know what it is? But, but at the end of the day. You walk into this space and you see, I see my team, my family, my second family come out and I see the the wild rice boys. You know, those are my boys, you know, Dante, Kevin, Roberto. I got Lester. I got Cepho. I got Joyce. I got fucking Emily. You know, I got this crew, Josue. I have this crew and that's my family outside of my family. The fact that my, fa- my, my kids and my wife can walk into that restaurant and feel comfortable knowing that this is their second home. Knowing that, you know, my kids run up to the counter, they sit up on the high chair, and they're looking at what the cooks are doing, they're looking at what I'm doing, they want to hang out, they want to go to the park that's close by. I could never do that at Clyde. I couldn't, you know, every time they walked in at Clyde, it was always fucking awkward, you know? Uh, any other restaurant, too, that I've ever been in. I've only been at one other restaurant that, that my family felt comfortable walking into. Which but, was that? Uh, that was in Chicago, man. Perennial oh, Veron. Nothing in Portland. Nope. Um, and knowing that they that they can walk in being comfortable and this is their space as well as mine. And to see that my cooks are still happy, to see the front of the house still happy and doing their job and, and, and loving it, you know, through all the ups and downs, that's what makes it worthwhile. The fact that the customers... The majority, I shouldn't say all of them, but the majority of customers that come in are expressing the emotional um, connection that we've created or, or are filling the voids that they've had because we're filling that Filipino food void. You know, there are a couple other restaurants here in, in the city that are, that are amazing, but it's about timing, right? If I were to open a Filipino restaurant seven years ago when I initially wanted to, shit would have fucking flown over, man. You know, people would be like, oh, what's this place? Forget it. Let's keep moving on. But now Filipino food's having a minute. You know, it's having its day. I think that's because of you. I don't think no, that no, people, no, no, no. no, I uh, mean, I, I don't think that everybody all of a sudden started watching food television and seeing a lot of Filipino food. And at least from my standpoint, I was not familiar with it until you were serving it. And then... As part of this community, you know, people were, you were popping up everywhere. You did the hard work. Yeah, you were I'm popping still doing up it, man. Everywhere. It you were, you know, a lot of important people chose you to cater their events. And, and, yeah. and I think, and everybody knew that Carl, you know, he's Filipino restaurant in the making. 
And uh, you know, Magna's in the making. Mag- there, should, there should be a, like a podcast called Magna. Yeah, Magna, Magna in, in the, the making. making. Jesus, because uh, you could cover a lot. But my point is that it was for me. It was because you you obviously know a lot more Filipino people, so you have a broader perspective. Sure, on yeah, that than I do. But but you know, white guys like me, white people like <laughs> me. You know, where were we where were we getting that knowledge to yeah. fall in love with it? And, and that that's I mean, that's always been the goal ever since I started doing all this stuff was to be able to you know, and I, I said this before and I'll say it again, you know, my, my goal is always twofold. One, it's to you know, the easy one is is to introduce Filipino food to new people and for them to say, Oh shit, that's fucking good. Like Filipino food is delicious. That's that's not that's the easier half. The second half of that goal is to connect. So anybody that's familiar with Filipino food or knows what Filipino food is, is to try to, to, to help them back up the community, to back up that chef community um, that, or, or all the Filipino cooks out there that are trying to do something to make them accept it, to connect. Like my goal is to connect with other Filipinos and people who have eaten Filipino food before and have an emotional spark, right? To, for them to say, oh man, this reminds me of my mom's lumpia or my dad's adobo or my auntie's bunset or whatever. I don't have to cook better than their, than their family members because no one can because in their mind it's set. It's a mm-hmm. preset, right? But what I want to do is, is make them proud of who they are and proud of me and other chefs that we're doing this, that we are staying somewhat true to, to what, to what Filipino food is. Don't get me wrong. You know who provided the model for this? By the way, in Dude. this city, as Dude. far as Earl, yeah, fucking. I mean, yeah. when I met Earl at Padi, um, he the first thing he wanted to do was do something and bring in his favorite Thai chefs from like Beaverton and everywhere else that needed to be acknowledged. Yeah, absolutely, right? and and that celebrate their awesome cooking out there mm-hmm. that nobody in Portland is talking. Yeah, about. Yeah, and look at Earl now. Right, yeah, exactly. Earl's, Earl's Earl's a powerhouse in himself, and yeah. and people will always have their stuff. A humble powerhouse. This is not a guy that you would have looked at years ago and said he's going to be be on top of the Portland oh, absolutely. food world. Absolutely, I'm, I mean, that's no slight to Earl, but he's a very no. humble, quiet guy. And uh, but that was the first thing, and we did a not to keep talking about you know my events but yeah absolutely we did uh he later told me we did a pfa that he was sick we had to cancel it first time that's ever happened Mm -hmm. do it again we only had 14 people there for that event at padi and then he later told me dude that was the model for long bond that's what we were doing and i thought oh my god i'm that is yeah i'm the reason i'm not the reason but i was just like had I known, you know, obviously we would have had more than 14 people exactly. there. It's crazy to think, but it's an honor. But the, the fact true. is what he did at that, what he did at that event, it wasn't about him at all. He wanted to highlight Alan, you yeah, know, bar, yeah. his, his, his business partner his over in high partner, yeah. But he wanted, he wanted chefs, cooks in there that no one had ever heard of yeah. to cook food for him. Yeah, and, and that's exactly what he did. And, and look at, look at the model now, you know, it's, it's funny that his model, the, 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 you know, restaurant within a restaurant has been going on for years, like mm-hmm. even before him. And, and what he did to, to, to stand out is that he made it, he made it himself. He made Thai food, you know, and a lot of people follow that model. Now there are a lot of places that are doing the same thing. 
Um, and I, like me personally, I, I still love doing that stuff. Like I, I do, I want to have that creative outlet of doing a fine dining series. Absolutely. Am I going to do it? Absolutely. You have lots of options to do yeah. it in the city too. It's not like there's a shortage of exactly. ways to have that outlet. But going back to what you said a little earlier on in this conversation is you, how do you stay fresh and relevant? Berlou just opened, right? He's, he's an amazing guy too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and all these fine dining spots are opening. But then there are places that are, are getting kind of overlooked hardcore by the local community, which is hilarious to me. Like a, a great example is Holdfast. I think, and I've dined around. I personally think Holdfast is probably one of the best options for a fine dining meal. Mm-hmm. Fucking Joel and Will, amazing fucking chefs. And they they kind of broke ground on that whole concept. They did. They did. And they, but But guess what? Like... Now everybody's doing it. I want to do a pop-up fine dining thing now. I want to do this. I want to do that. And they're doing it. And then they open their spaces and they're and they're succeeding, which is great. But again, because it's such a small city, it's funny because I, I talk to Joel a lot. He's a very good friend of mine. And that's Joel Stocks. Yeah, Joel Stocks, fucking badass. And he's he's just like, yeah, dude, fucking, you know, honestly, we get a lot of tourists. They get a lot of outside people. Well, that that's what happens in. when you get a lot of good press. Yeah. Well, and the hotels are on your side. And the hotels too. are on your side. But here's the thing. It's like, you know, it, it's so funny that you have to, you have to reach a national um, kind of, you, you have to extend out nationally in order to be noticed locally. Right. And then all the local, local people are just like, oh, they, you snub them. You know, they they snub the local restaurants and you're like, oh, what the fuck? You know? Well, it's an interesting dynamic that's changing because... I hope so. Now, you know, we're going to rely on tourists and for if there are lots of reasons, but one of them is it's getting more expensive yeah. to eat in Portland. So those of us who were pretty lucky... Eat yeah. dining provincially here in Portland and being pretty happy about, yeah, hey, right. I'm not in Seattle and I'm not in San Francisco. Look what I'm eating for... 20 bucks. Um, that's not happening as much. I mean, that's, that's changing. And yeah. also, um, yeah, the national, the people get national press. It's automatic that they're getting that same press is hitting locally. Right? No, it's not though. Think about it. Like there, there are some people who are getting, who who are hitting the magazines hard. And if you're not, if, if you're not, uh, in the cool kid crowd in Portland, and you're still getting national press, you're not going to hear anything about it. But if you're part of the the inner circle, as I like to call it here in Portland, right, and you get national press, then you're going to be all over the place, mm-hmm. you know. And you're like, as as a chef, but what does it take to be in the inner circle? Oh fuck, if I know, man, I'm not fucking. I'm I'm nowhere near that inner circle. I'm I'm still in the oh, square. Oh, you're in the inner circle. Oh fuck no, dude. You had the wrong yeah, guy. You, well, you, I can, you know, and and especially some of the younger, younger talent. You know, you moved here in 2014. You got Maya. I'm gonna forget yeah. a lot of people. Yeah, it's but um, but I'm, that to me is the inner circle. Mm. Any <laughs> anywhere that Eric Russ is going is generally <laughs> the inner circle. Oh. The oyster bar with Maylin and he comes to my place because he owes me money. 
No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Dude, I'm I, as far as I'm concerned, I'm still the fucking square peg trying to go in the in the in the circle hole. That's you think it. So. You Absolutely. Think that? I, 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 don't I see believe it that way. so. No, I don't know, man. But thank in you. Any I appreciate discussion it. Discussion for the last two years of what's coming that's new. <laughs> everybody would say Magna. Yeah, but then then they eat there and they're like, Oh, it's mediocre at best. <laughs> I'm kidding. But uh, like that's, no you're you but you hear everything. Yeah. I don't know if you were serious when you said that, but you you know Oh, trust me, man. Like, like I said, I know. Are you, do you pay attention to reviews? Do you read Yelp? Nope. Not anymore. No, I can't. I never, I've never wanted to read Yelp. My cooks do. And I fucking punch them when they, when they tell me a review, they, they know this, this is a rule. Um, but the you're funny, getting punched. Oh yeah. But the funny thing is like the Google, the Google reviews instantly go to my, to my email mm-hmm. and I, and I, and I open it up. I'm like, Oh, okay. And I read it. I'm like, ah, you know, I rage out. Um, <laughs> A great example, some, some, someone left a two-star review saying that, oh, I would give this a higher review if I had a chance to eat. This is a Friday night. He said, I, I didn't have a chance. I just walked in one day and I saw seven other people. You know, Rating, se- so they didn't wait? Yeah, seven other parties uh, uh, got turned away because, well, apparently you need a reservation. Two stars. Two stars. I'm like, are you fist-fucking me right now? Yeah, because it's like, Yeah, and they, and there's no point for me to read this shit. Well, they, uh, there's I'm no not point. one to say. There's no point in reading it, but they certainly should have someone vetting those reviews oh, to no, say, no, you can't give some, your, your review doesn't count because you didn't eat there. We had a guy that reviewed us. He gave us a one star saying that they could, you know, him and his, his whatever, his wife could, could cook better fusion Filipino food. I'm like, I'm not trying to do fusion one. But then, then we looked up the other places he's reviewed. He gave a one star to a strip club. Saying that they were they were not good listeners. <laughs> that's what you're looking for. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. That's exactly what I'm looking for. Right. Yeah. Uh, so fuck listen. if I care. Yeah. Um, but honestly, local reviews too. I you know I read them and I take all of it with a grain of salt because a review is is is, is subjective. You know, it really is. Like, look. Well, so is a critic's review. Too. Exactly. That's the I've same exact thing. That, you know what? It, what? Uh, how much weight should I give someone who? Who I they like places I don't like, or they don't like places. That's I fine like. with me, man. You know, like I said, the, everybody's going to have their opinion. It just so happens that they have to write right, but about they have it. Power. Some you know, everybody's got a little power now, and they want the power. But here's the thing: like, what, how, what kind of power is it? You know, amongst uh, my my personally, I think I have more power over my customer base than they do. Right, but if you like, uh, well, Michael Russell isn't necessarily doing the same type of reviews he was before, but. You know, well, well Karen that's my Brooks, point. Yeah. Well, that's my point, though. Everybody knows who Michael is. I love Michael. He's a sweet guy. Mm-hmm. But the fact that I love Michael and he is a sweet guy and I know this, I know this things. It's like, I, I don't know. Like, what, what do I do? What do I say there at this point? The fact that I know who Karen Brooks is. What do we do? What do I say? Oh, I know that they're walking in. I'm not going to treat them any differently. I'm just like, all right, what do you want? I'm not going to give them any freebies. I'm not going to be like, oh my God, guys, our reviewers here. It's not, honestly, the last time I felt that way was way back when in Chicago, when we didn't know, we had like security camera pictures of the reviewers right. on, on, on our billboard, like on our, on our, on our cork board. Right. But now it's a, it's general consumer that has a little power. They want to wield power, even if they don't have it. You know what, man? You know, their review, they feel, they you know. feel like they, they feel like, you know what, like the people who give those shitty reviews that are really, really ridiculous and have no, nothing to stand behind it are miserable in their fucking life. 
you know, my, my. So does that mean anytime I've ever written a, a negative review, and there have been a couple. I don't do them in Portland. I just no, don't no. touch hey, them in Portland. But when I'm elsewhere, but I guarantee and I'm pissed, you, if I read your review, there's gonna be there's gonna be some intelligent fucking coherence uh, to I your rant. Count on that. Yeah. Well, yeah. we'll we'll see. I'll, 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 I'll you see. You commented it. on the place I was that I said what. And you said, what the fuck were you doing there in Copenhagen? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah. no boo, but, oh, man. Yeah, was, but why would you, go, yeah, well, anyway, that, well, I, I digress. You know why I went? Because I'd been eating, I'll answer your question now that you asked yeah, me on Facebook. absolutely. I went there, first of all, I hadn't, I had been to the original Matsuhisa when it opened yeah. with my brother years ago. And it was and delicious. It was awesome. And, yeah. and I got to, I, those days... Nobu would hand us, you know, amakase. He would yeah. do it. And so I hadn't been to one of his restaurants in tw- 30 years or 25 years. A lot changes. And here I am in um, Copenhagen, and it's beautiful. Where The block where it was was great. And I thought, oh, man, I've been eating my way through Europe for two and a half, three weeks now. Yeah. I just want something lighter. <laughs> Sushi sounds yeah. good right now. I'm not looking for the... The latest, I'm not, I couldn't get into Noma or anything like that. I didn't care at that point. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I'll make a reservation for there. I was the only one in the restaurant at six o'clock. This is Nobu. I wondered if it was the same Nobu. If someone, no, no, no. I guarantee it's the same. No, I guarantee it's the same. But there was nothing, nothing special about it. The way I asked the the server what's in this, and she basically, I could have identified tuna. No, that's tuna, that's salmon, that's this. I'm like, this is the Nobu experience? Well, that's so, that's the point, though, right? Again, going back to, to earlier in the conversation, you asked me, it's like, you know, the reason that that got me to where I'm going or to where I am now is no longer the primary reason we do it. Now, the people who seek money, which I to no fault, I, 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 I yeah. place no blame. Shit. If a fucking giant company is offering me $2 million right now, it's like, we want to buy the franchise. We want, we want a franchise magnet and want to buy the, buy the rights. Oh yeah. Here you go. Yeah. Fuck it. I'm out. And we're going to, we're going to make food that you're embarrassed it, about. It doesn't matter. I'll take the two mil. Yeah. I'll take the two mil and I'll go open my little fine dining restaurant. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why people do it. You know, it's like, and I don't blame them, but there's a certain level of accountability to knowing who you're partnering with, you know, and, and to be able to, to kind of keep your hands on the quality that's going out, you know, mm-hmm. and people who get too big, that's too big too. are going He's to, are, over the yeah, place. if you're going to get that big, then there's, you, you know, it's going to happen. And I guarantee you, Nobu, it's probably okay with that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I didn't, but I was just, I was just disappointed. Exactly. No, I, and, my, and my yeah. expectations were so high. Yeah. And, but that's the thing. You walk in with such high expectations or a preconceived notion of what it's going to be. That's what a, a lot of the negative reviews are in, on my part is that these Filipinos are walking in expecting their typical their Filipino fare. Not, not just their grandmother's food, but like the, the typical Filipino restaurant. There's a thing called in the Philippines that, that we talk about a lot. It's called the crab mentality, you know? Is, is a crab tries to get out of the pot, another crab's going to drag it down. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what we're talking about. It's, it's they have this expectation of, uh, they, they don't give themselves enough credit. They really don't. Because they, they look at it, they're like, well, fuck, you know. Um, oh, that's not what Filipino, it's not dirty enough, or it's not like, it's not, oh, that, it's too fancy looking, or it's too expensive. And I tell them, I was like, look, you don't have, I didn't ask you to eat here. 
you know? <laughs> yeah, but you don't want to be. That, that's like my, that sounds like, you know, my son saying, I didn't ask you to have me. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. No, but but the point being is that that I, I feel like diners, and, and it's their right to come in with a preconceived notion, but it's, and it's their right to put up a fucking Yelp review or anything. Just know that I not I'm not going to treat you any differently. Like, just because you're Filipino and say, oh, I'm Filipino too. Okay, great. Well, I hope you treat everybody the way you treated me when I walked in your restaurant. Because you were so nice. You sat down with me. I got to know all your people. You told you actually said go over and meet that guy, which is yeah. I mean, I'm not. Everybody. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sit down with every customer. <laughs> right. But you know what, man? You know what it is. I still run the food. I still talk. And if people ask a question or are super excited to see that the owner's still there, or that the the you know whoever you know that that I'm that I'm present. It makes me happy. Because, Are you there every night? Are you taking days off? Uh, I mean, we're open five days a week. I'm there five days a week, sometimes okay. six. <sighs> there you go. But um, but no, and that's the best part about having my own restaurant and, and, and what is changing about the scenery now is that you have to have balance. Because if you don't have balance, you're not producing your best. And if you're not producing your best, then what's the point? And it's not sustainable. It's not sustainable so, at all. And you're seeing that in various ways. You're seeing lots yeah. of chefs go sober and appreciate that and starting groups. But, yeah. you know, the the older the community gets, the more they want a little family time and a little vacation time. That's me. Too. No, that's so. me. I, I, I love my kids. Yeah. And and these past two years have made me realize that, they, that I have to figure out a way to balance it. And by doing that is, one, I have an amazing team behind me. Like I said, I can't iterate that enough. My team is a fucking amazing They've been with me for years. Some of them are new, but the but the core has been with me for years. Court, now we know we're at least going to have six listeners to this uh, episode. He's, he's going to mandate it. Yeah, All right. He wants them to I'm going to force them to listen yeah, to us. Exactly. Listen to my voice. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, you know, this was, uh, this was an easy hour. I didn't make any notes at all. There are some, some guests I just, uh, let's go have a conversation and, and it's easier and it flows better. I didn't even and, know we were recording for, for yeah, Saturday. No. I was like, oh. We have to listen to that to see if there's anything that you said that you absolutely regret. Nah, no no regrets. Yeah, there you go. FOMO. No, um, I don't know. <laughs> what do no, the kids I, say I nowadays? Think, <laughs> I think we're good. We didn't talk about the Detroit tar- Tigers at all. You know, so. It breaks my heart, but yeah. still, let's not. <laughs> well, we're, we're not having a great time in New York either, but uh, not like the Tigers. You got a long way to climb out well, of that. Fuck, man. <laughs> I think the entire Detroit franchise... As, as, as for sports, ah, oh, such a shame. Fucking, we had the Red Wings, we had the Pistons. And, you when know. are the Lions ever Never. going to be good? Not we in had my Barry, we had Barry fucking Sanders. We fucked that up hardcore. <laughs> right, oh, yeah, yeah. But not, <laughs> not, not in my lifetime. The, the 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 thing as an outsider, someone who isn't from Detroit, the only thing that made that caught anybody's attention was George Plimpton, Paper Lion, years before, way before you were born. Yeah, but that, when I was a kid and I was a little, you know, I love sports. That was a big thing. Everybody had no. I mean, I feel like the the the, the most recent with the Lions was di- most recent. It's so sad. Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders was right, was probably they, one of the greatest have, fucking running. How many times have they ever, ever actually been in the playoffs? Well, that's my point. It's like, well, <laughs> it's the fucking Lions, man. Yeah. <laughs> it ain't gonna happen. But uh, no, but the Tigers have had some good years. The least. Red Wings were amazing. Fucking, yeah. I'm a huge hockey fan. How far back do you go? Uh, what do you mean? Do you know like your prehistory before you were born, like uh, Gordy Howe and before? Oh yeah, oh, fuck yeah, man. Do you, do you know a guy? Do you remember a guy named? We Reg- had this. We had this conversation. Oh, we did. We did have this conversation. See, this is my memory. Time. The older I get, I can't even remember we had this. Yeah, we had. And this you knew the name? Yeah. Oh Reg- yeah, absolutely. Reggie Sinclair. Reg Sinclair. Yeah. All right. Very. I cool. think I I I have his card. 
I wow. ha- well, I had his NHL. Wow, if my dad was still alive, he would. That would be a really wonderful gift to buy off of you and give to my dad. Well, but, who knows where it is now? It's buried somewhere in in my mom's like apartment somewhere. So the story goes just quickly to end this. It was pretty funny, <laughs> actually. It was just very coincidental. Um, I went to I went to Magna and I didn't feel like drink. I often don't feel like drinking, so I ordered an. You have RC Cola. Absolutely. There, I look at the RC Cola and I thought, man. The guy who ran, my dad was in, you know, marketing for PepsiCo. Yeah. And his, one of his best buddies was the head of marketing for RC Cola. I thought of it that minute. And then we come over, you come over and we start talking about Detroit hockey. And I realized he played for the Red Wings also. So Mm -hmm. uh, close the circle. And it's weird how those things happen. I hadn't thought of Reggie Sinclair in... 30 years. And, and here and we there, are. There it was. So anyway, I thought, I've thought of uh, Carlo LaMagna a few times in the last year, and, <laughs> and especially last week, we did a last minute, hey, come on in, let's do it, and I'm glad we did. Anyway, like I said, I, I think uh, it, talk about full circle. It was one of those things. You you allowed me to showcase a full Filipino dinner, and, and here we are now. I'm, I'm you know able to do it over at Magna. Anybody who's listening, come out. And I, I'm just honored that I have have had opportunities to, no, I mean, it's really cool. I'm nobody in the food business. I'm just like, I liked, I, I found the Portland food community pretty awesome and that people would share with you and talk to you in the East coast. They don't do that. And that's why I started this little thing and that's come around. So to be able to have done that with you and think, man, that's cool. And have you on my website. Man, I could ha- I could have more beautiful people, but well, no one looked more no one looked better in their chef duds than you did that shit. night. Well, we gotta take a trip to the Philippines, man. That would be fun. Fucking, I still got a place out there. It's well, easy. Well, Make it for, cheap. Yeah, well, <laughs> that'll be fun. Let's plan that. I will do that. So, 2020 something because I'm already yeah, oh, yeah. It's a little bit cooked. But, I, got, um, I got a little restaurant to run. So yeah, so let's plan like 2025. Sounds great. 24. I'm still alive. Put something I'm together. Done. Start thinking about it. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks for coming in in 2019. Just about, and we're close to the end. Yeah. Well, thank you, gentlemen. It was always a always a pleasure. It's always good to see your handsome faces. Good to see you. Radio. It's, good, it's you always know? fun to talk to you. If we could have, <laughs> if we could have um, uh, conversations like this every week, it would be wonderful. They're yeah. all good, but this is particularly fun. Oh yeah, my number. <laughs> Don't tell. Yeah, you haven't told me to lose it yet. So ah. I ha- I did have to find a new email address for you though. This is true. I still had the Clyde Common one. Well, you're not going to get anywhere with that. Yeah, it doesn't work. <laughs> Thanks, Carla. Thank you. Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at Food Podcast PDX or on Facebook at Right at the Fork or online at RightAtTheFork.com. 